Thanks for tuning into McNamara on Money, a podcast about all things financial. On this podcast, we talk about investments and investment performance. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Listeners to this podcast should consult their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions we might make. You might hear us referring to a phone number to call as this podcast is taken from a live radio show. Instead of calling the phone number, you can get in touch with us on our website at McNamaraFinancial.com. McNamara on Money is heard on six continents and in more than 50 countries worldwide. Now sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And good morning. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money. And happy holiday season to everybody listening out there today. Hey, by the way, Tim, I figured out after listening to the Boston Connect folks this morning, I feel like I'm a grumpy old guy when I do my show. They were so <laughs> upbeat and happy. I, and, no, you, you know, just, yep. you're serious and to the point. That's okay. Yeah, but maybe I've got to lighten up a little bit here because it's All the right. holiday season. Although, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Yeah, a little holiday but, cheer. But it was fun listening to those ladies. Oh, there. yes. Always a good time. <laughs> they were definitely having fun doing mm-hmm. a radio show, yes. which actually I'll have to say I feel the same way. All right. So, folks, a few odds and ends here. So we're broadcasting live, as always now, WATD in Marshfield, Massachusetts, the South Shore, and WCAP in Lowell, the Merrimack Valley. And that just might be because we have business offices in those locations. But anyway, if you have a call for us, the, the number here is 781 837-4900. That works in the Merrimack Valley and it works in the South Shore, by the way. Anyways, let me think about this. Today, I the rough title for the show today is Things You Should Know. And I guess I came to that via the following path here. This is the end of the year. Good time to start thinking about things. This will be actually my last show for calendar 2023. In case you haven't figured it out, the the way that we work things here is that my son, Justin, and my daughter, Alyssa, are, are my business partners. And after many years of doing this show on my own, the way we work it is each one of us takes every third show. And this week it's me. I forget whether it's Justin or Alyssa next week and then go from there. I'm scheduled next to be on the 23rd of December, but I have a funny, suspicious feeling we're going to be playing music and doing a few other year-end type things at that time. So this is my last show, and what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about some big picture pretty important financial things that folks ought to be aware of. And so that's where I'm going to run here this morning. If you haven't listened to this show before, I generally try to speak in English. And I like to say I live my life at the fourth grade level when it comes to explaining stuff. And that's not a reflection of anybody in the audience, but I grew up learning as we go in the world. And I I think I like to have the ability to be able to explain things, the important stuff, pretty well. And stay tuned and we'll see if that works. So anyway, the official title, Things You Should Know, we're going to skip around on a variety of financial topics, all of which are pretty important, and some of which may touch you directly. And by the way, if you have a question on the subject at hand, once again, this is a call-in talk radio show. It's a lot more fun 
have me talk with callers and help them out. 781-837-4900. And you don't even have to call on the subject of hand. If you've got a money-related question, I might be able to help you out. And if not, I'll tell you that and hopefully refer you to somebody who might be able to do that. Okay, so my first macroeconomic statement for this morning is that investment returns are not the most significant factor in your current or future financial success. I'm going to read that again and take a few moments to explain it. Believe it or not, oh, I want to get this return on my money or that return on my money. Believe it or not, investment returns are not the most significant factor in your current or your future financial success. There are a bunch of other things that determine how well you live now or how well you might live in the future. And very quickly, the list is how much you actually save. Number two, how long you actually live. Number three, what is inflation over your lifetime? And number four, your withdrawal rate. How much are you taking from your portfolio versus how much are you making? Let me go through that list again. I'm going to get it in detail here in a moment. But, okay, things virtually more important than what you earn on your money are savings, how much of it you actually save. I guess that makes sense. Longevity, longevity, how long you live. Every year you live, you take money out of your retirement bucket, and the longer you live, the more money you take, and that could be exciting. Inflation makes stuff cost more every year. And how much are you making versus how much you're taking? That's another way of saying, how long is my money going to last based on what it's earning and what I'm taking? And we'll get into all of those. So, by the way, I make those statements based on a whole bunch of years of experience in this business. And as a certified financial planner practitioner, we help folks retire. We have some pretty good background and experience in doing that and qualifications. And there's some pretty darn sophisticated software out there these days that can model a bunch of different retirement scenarios. Pretty cool stuff, actually. And when we do those meetings with our clients, okay, absolutely and positively, okay, the investment return that you make on your money is probably fourth or fifth in in place for important stuff in your life. The name of the show is McNamara on Money, not just McNamara on Investments. The, the The other good thing is that in the financial world, okay, there are some things you can control, which is good about your life, and there are some things that you can't and you really have to be able to plan and deal with both of those things and so here we go okay number one how much you save is a mighty important consideration in in the rest of your life Uh, i'll make a couple of extreme statements but i think you'll probably get the idea if you happen to have in your retirement plan okay the best investment in the world whatever that is and if it earns the best investment return in the world and by the way i'll make up 12% or 13% is something that that's pretty high on the consistent side, but let's say it's 12 or 13%. Best investment in the world. Okay. If you save $10 a month for the rest of your life, it's probably not going to help you too much. 
Okay, so number one, you could pay a whole lot of attention to your investments. And number two, if you don't happen to save enough money to be okay somewhere down the line, that's a big problem. The other extreme, and again, it's tough to do um, math on the radio, so that's why I'm being pretty generic here. The other extreme is if you could save, say, $3,000 a month, that might sound like a lot of money to a lot of folks, but just pretend that you could save $3,000 a month. There's a pretty good chance if you did that starting at age 22, that basically you could probably just keep your money under the mattress and not invest it and be okay 70 years from doing that. Uh, I'm being a little facetious, but I think you get the point. Okay, in my business, we meet and help lots of folks. Okay, there's a relatively small percentage of folks we meet that we can help only a little, okay, uh, because they did some things right in their life. And one of the things they did is save mucho money in their life in their lifetime. To be able to do that is pretty special and it's pretty easy. So how much you can actually put away for your retirement, okay, and you know, it, it is a, a significant part, uh, okay, of your financial success. And I kind of hope that you know that. But honestly, most folks don't have the time or the energy or the expertise to sit down and calculate that. You could probably do that with any good certified financial planner and get an idea about how much you have to save. Number one, in living well now or preferably in the future, how much do you save or how much do you need to save? Number two, and this sounds pretty simple because it is, okay, longevity. Okay, let's see. If I plan to retire at 65, okay, let's see. I think I'll live till 80 because that's what both my parents did. I'll make a plan so that my money lasts at least 15 years. Well, every year that you live longer than you planned, and I hope you did plan to live a certain amount of years, but every year that you live is another year where you have to take money out of your pot. And on top of that, because there's this thing called inflation, which is coming up next, okay, that money that you have to take out of your pot in order to be in the same life, it's a bit more every year. And so the longer you live, yep, the more you take out of your pot, but the more you have to take out of your pot because of inflation. When you put those two together, it can get pretty scary sometimes. Okay, number two on the hit list of things you should know, okay, save savings is number one. How long you live is number two. Yep, you don't know that, folks. And so making that guess is a mighty important one when it comes to doing a financial plan. As an example, I've been doing this long enough to know that I've met some clients clients 15 years ago and let's see I'll make this up but somebody plans to live to 85 if I meet them this year in their 83 they might have a change of thought about how long they're going to live okay and it's just funny how that happens so anyway how long you're going to live you don't know and that's a really tough thing to make a guess about but folks you got to make a guess the world is not guaranteed and hope it's a relatively conservative guess and things work out for you okay so number three on the hit list of uh, things you should know about and, and factors that are significant in your being okay is inflation we say that we worry about it 
But I honestly don't think that a whole lot of people sit down and do the actual math about what the impact of that is going to be. I'm going to do a little bit of that on the radio. And again, I'm going to take my time and it's tough to do some numbers. But so here we go. Okay, I'm going to give you some dollars. And the first assumption is that inflation is 3% a year. We'll just keep that simple. Okay, so $100 today in 10 years from now with three, whatever you're buying for 100 bucks today in your expenses, okay, 10 years from now, you're going to need $135 to buy the same stuff. Okay, the, the sneaky thing about inflation is you don't sit down every year and figure out how much it costs or what you have to do about it. But sooner or later, you're looking back and say, hey, things aren't working right here. I'm, I'm feeling squeezed. What's going on here? And by the way, what's going on is inflation. So $100 today, you'd need to have 135 10 years from now to be in the same life. Okay, $100 today 20 years from now, you retire at 65, okay, $100 in expenses today. 20 years from now, you'd have to have $181 to be in the same life, okay? That's a pretty interesting and maybe scary number. And, and then to tie that in with longevity, so let's think about this. $100 today of expenses, you retire at 65. If you live to 95, that $100 has to be $242 for you to be in the same life, okay? We don't think about those things, okay? But that's literally how it works. Well, while I was doing a little research for this show, I found a great inflation calculator that's online that's published by the Federal Reserve of Minneapolis. And I have it live here. And l let me do this, by the way, in real time time with real dollars to give you an idea. Tim, if you are age 65 in 2013, okay, just pretend okay. with me here, okay, and let's assume that your monthly expenses were $4,000 a month. Okay? Okay. Bear with me now. Okay, so in 2013, you retire. Your monthly expenses are $4,000 a month. Okay, I'm using actual inflation from 2013 to 2023. Okay. 10 years later, your retirement income would have to be $5,201 a month for you to be in the same life. Or said differently, in 10 years from now, if you still had the $4,000, your life shrunk by a bunch. We'll get to the other side of that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, those are in real numbers, folks. Not to pick on Tim, but I'm going to go back 20 years. And this is real life data. I'm making this up. So if I go back to 2003, okay, with a $4,000 retirement income, okay, if I press the button and calculate, your income, that monthly expense has to be $6,587 to be in the same life, okay? Folks, the, the macroeconomic point here, numbers get a little numbing on the radio, is that every year in retirement or every year while you're living, okay, if your income doesn't keep up with your expenses by what inflation is, then the scale's gonna tip. your life is sliding backwards. And again, it's it doesn't 
you don't think about it in a year or two, but after two or three or four or five years, it hits you how that all works. Thing. I can guarantee you that virtually almost everybody we work with who's taken money from a retirement plan, that's a lot of folks, by the way, okay, they don't walk in every year at our meeting and say, I need a little bit more money, but three or four years, every three or four years, they'll say, I think I need to take some more money. But the reason is because inflation is what it is, I think. So the bottom line, okay, is that inflation is a killer, okay? And if you combine that with how long you live, okay, these are things you have to plan for. Uh, We'll we'll get to solving them in a little while here, but what you have to know is that's a problem. Let me go the other way with that. If you're making, let's see here, $5,000 a year right now, now, if you, I'm sorry, if you're, yeah, I'll, I'll use a, I'll use a profit rate. Let's say you earned, you have a hundred thousand dollars and you earned exactly 5% on your money. That's $5,000. Okay. By the way, okay. If you just have 3% inflation after 10 years, that 5,000 spends like it's $3,687. This is the other side. How much do you have to earn is one side. This is how much do you have to shrink your expenses by to stay in the same life. And yep, $5,000 now, 10 years from now, spends like $3,687. $5,000 now, okay, spends a lot less, okay, if you go out even further. I I think you get the, the point, folks. Okay, inflation is a very scary thing. Okay, when it comes to trying to live your life and plan for the future, okay, and you need to think about how you deal with that. It's it's the biggest I think people worry about risk and inflation, and we'll get to that in a little while, okay? But I'm sorry, inflation and taxes are two of our biggest risks by far, and they happen to be pretty much guaranteed. So if you're you know, if you're worried about your financial circumstances, you've got to pay attention to inflation because it'll catch up with you sooner or later if you don't. That's all. I'll stop that way. All right. La- last and not least of the big four, uh, most significant factors okay, in you being okay now or in the future is how much did you save to get there? How long are you going to live? What is inflation? And last and certainly not least is what is your withdrawal rate from your portfolio? Yes, this applies for listeners that are taking funds from their retirement pot right now. Okay. And so here's the way, okay, that it works. Okay. Let's see. I meet lots of folks for the first time. And the ones who are serious, they like have a number. I think I have to have a million dollars in my retirement plan to be okay. Or I think I have to have 500,000, whatever the number. Okay, pick a number, pick your own number while you're listening to me here. But I, I, I need this much money to be okay. I'm pretty sure that's the number. And by the way, you got that number. How you got that number, I don't know. But everybody that's serious about it at least has a number. I'll just use a million dollars because the math is easier. Let's see. I'm pretty sure I need to take, okay, I need to have a million bucks in my 401k by the time that I'm retired and I'll be okay. That's one half of the things that you have to worry about, okay? The next question is, when you retire, how much money do you need to take 
out of that million dollar pot. I call it what you're making versus what you're taking. And again, I'll make some extreme stupid numbers here. If you have a million dollars in your pot and you have to take $250,000 a year from that pot, you're probably in a lot of trouble in three or four or five years, okay? If you have a million dollars in your retirement pot, and you need $10,000 a year from that, you're probably going to live happily ever after because that's a pretty tiny withdrawal rate, okay? Okay, the, the, the math problem is what do I earn and what do I take as a percentage? Let's think. Let's say I'm earning 5%. By the way, we'll... In a, after the break, we'll take some taxes and inflation away with, your, with what you're earning. But I'm just doing the simple stuff right now. If you're earning 5% and you're taking 3%, you're probably okay. If you're earning 5% and taking 5% exactly every year, then you're probably okay. We haven't talked about inflation or taxes. Okay. And the investment capital that you have stays the same. Okay. We have just a, a short time before the break here, but if you're making two minutes, good. If you're making 5% and you're taking 10%, that, that should probably start creating a problem. Okay. Reasonably quickly. Okay. I get the question from just about everybody that I work with. How long is my money going to last? And it's pretty simple. How much do you got? How much are you going to earn on average? And how much are you going to take on average? Okay. And that math gets a little interesting depending on where the circumstances are. Okay. I want to do a big summary. This is important stuff. And hopefully the numbers weren't too confusing over the radio. Okay. Uh, Investment returns are not the most significant factor in your current or future financial success. Okay, there are four biggies that you need to pay attention to and deal with. How much did you save to begin with? Okay, overtime. So how much you save and put away is number one. Okay, how long you live, what inflation is, and how much are you taking versus how much are you making? We'll take a break and be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money and happy holiday season to all there. Okay, this is a call-in talk radio show. I'm doing a show called Things You Should Know. And I'm not anywhere near going to finish my outline here, but that's okay. And these are big picture things that everybody out there listening to me should be aware of. And hopefully what goes on the next half an hour or so will be helpful to you. So anyway, all right. All right, here comes financial tidbit number two or macroeconomic point number two. This is a highly technical statement. Okay, the way that you get wealthy or preserve your wealth is to make more than taxes and inflation take away from you. 
I'm going to say that again and then do some numbers to illustrate that point. This, Folks, this is a biggie. How do I get wealthy? It's pretty simple. The money that you have has to make more than taxes and inflation take away from it. And then if you do that, you got some measure more wealthy over that period of time. Let, let's do some simple math. By the way, this is a call-in talk radio show. I'd love to have a chat with anybody who has a question about this, that, or the other thing. Uh, it's much more fun if you have a call-in talk radio show and you talk to somebody. 781-837-4900. Anyway, all right, I'm going to do a simple illustration that hopefully is okay. So you have $20,000 as your investment pot, and we're going to get an exact 5% return. And by the way, 5% of $20,000 is 1000 bucks. Okay? Son of a gun. I made a 5% return on my money. No. So on that $1,000 that you earned, you have to pay some taxes. And on that $1,000 that you earn, inflation shrunk what it could buy at the end of the year. They, you get your $1,000 out of the investment at the end of the year, okay? You paid some taxes on it, even though it didn't come out of that 1000 came out someplace else, and you paid inflation. Here's the assumptions here, that you're in a 22% tax bracket to the federal government, by the way. If you're married and make more than $94,000 and less than $201,000 a year, you're in the 22% tax bracket. My, my assumptions are... 22% goes to the federal government, 5% goes to state of Massachusetts, and 3% goes to inflation. Okay, so on that $1,000, federal taxes are $220. Massachusetts taxes are $50. Okay, and by the way, 3% inflation, that costs you 30 bucks. So let's see, if I add the taxes, 220 and 50, that's 270. If I add what inflation subtracted, that's another 30, I get 300 bucks in taxes and penalties. I guess that's the best way to say that. Wait a minute. So that $1,000, it wasn't a real $1,000. It was really 1,000 minus 300 or $700. I, I have a news flash for you. If you netted $700, okay, your return wasn't 5%, it was 3.5%. Okay, I, I think you understand the point, folks, okay? And it gets worse, okay? That those taxes and inflation, you had to pay on what you earned, that's the $1,000. But that $20,000, it's $20,000 still a year later, okay? But it doesn't buy as much because inflation shrunk its value. That 20000 after 3% inflation is now worth $19,400. Wait a minute. I started with twenty. It looks like twenty. It spends like 19400 I thought I had a thousand. I've really got seven hundred. Okay, when you do all the math together, I'll just skip to the end. Okay, you earned only three and a half percent. Okay, and your money shrunk in value, your capital, or said differently, in order to be even 
and make 5%. You had to earn 9.5% to pay taxes, inflation, to really net 5 Either way you want to look at it, how much more do I have to earn or how much less do I have to spend, you have to factor in taxes and inflation. They are significant risks with your money, and you have to understand that. In, in a little while, probably not on this show, we're going to get into some basic risks about investments, and basically they're losing your capital, volatility, taxes, and inflation. I think there are four risks that investors face. I believe one of them is absolutely guaranteed, that would be taxes, and the way we live our lives, inflation is pretty much guaranteed. Of those four risks, two of them are slam dunk guaranteed, but they're the ones we're not aware of because they kind of Either we don't know how much taxes we actually paid and we don't sit down at the end of the year and figure that out or we don't figure the effects of inflation. So it's really funny, but the uh, what I think the two biggest risks investors face, we're not too smart about them because we, we don't sit down and do the math. Okay, ta- taxes, if you can tell me what you paid exactly for federal and state taxes last year, okay, the total, okay, then you're paying attention to your money. Most people can't, okay, and who sits down at the end of the year and figures out how much you're lost by inflation? So my point is, they're not on the top of our minds. We don't worry about them, but I'm sorry, we need to. They're your biggest risks, okay? One more time, I'll leave that macroeconomic point, but I'll say that again. The only way that you preserve your wealth or add to your wealth is to have your money make more than taxes and inflation take away from it. End of story. Okay, 781-837-4900. Give me a call if you get bored this morning here. All right, macroeconomic point number three, or things that you should know. You have two kinds of money in your life as far as I'm concerned. You either have investment money or you have bank money, or I'll say investment money or cash, depending on how, how you want to think about those things. Okay, so let me, let, every chunk of money you have in any account somewhere, folks, it, it fits just one of two categories. Okay, it's cash, okay, savings, money markets, CDs, very short-term treasury bills, or it's investment money, and you you really have to keep those distinct, okay? Okay, when it comes to becoming wealthy, okay, you have to invest in investments that make more than taxes and inflation. Okay, it's pretty simple. Folks, the, the long-term history, okay, is pretty irrefutable over long periods of time. And by the way, that long diff definition gets fuzzy depending on who you're talking to. But over long periods of time, investing in common stocks, okay, has proven to be an effective way to outpoint inflation over the long run. By the way, not so much for bonds and not at all for cash, but let let me give you a, a little reference point here. There's a wonderful website that you might want to take a peek at, especially when financial markets are down and when you think the world's coming to an end. It's called the S&P 500 at your fingertips. All you have to do is Google it. 
It's part of a bigger web website called Political Calculations, but don't get nervous. We're not talking politics here. We're just talking money, okay? And this politic, this S&P 500 at your fingertips is pretty cool. You can put in any two dates, and you can see how the U.S. stock market did, okay? Quick refresher, the S&P 500, the 500 biggest companies that trade or publicly traded in America, a pretty good representation of the U.S. stock market. Just this morning, before the show, I plugged in my date of birth, May 21st, 1948. I'm 75 years old, okay? And here are some numbers from my lifetime. And you can do this for your own, or you can do this for what you think you have for the rest of your life. I'm only going to live for the next 15 years. Good. Plug in and see what happens. But anyway, so <clears throat> on the day of my birth, the S&P 500 was worth 16.15. Okay. Ending October of 2023. Okay. I apologize. Let me do it. Okay. Of 2022. Okay, it was 3,700. Right now, it's about 4,500. Okay, a pr pr pretty amazing set of numbers here. Okay, and, and again, I did this through 2022 because I forgot about the 2023, but this is easy. Okay, okay, in my lifetime, okay, the uh, S&P 500 has earned 11.09%. And in my lifetime, okay, inflation has been exactly 3.45%. If you earned 11 and even paid some taxes, you still got more left than 3.45%. So I would encourage anybody to go to that website, the S&P 500, and plug in any kind of time frames you want. But the chances are pretty good that if you own some common stocks in your portfolio, but the way to do that, it was lots of them. If you own some common stocks and you own them long enough, you've got a pretty good chance of beating inflation. There's a whole lot of history there. Okay, the the second part of that is bonds. Okay, bonds are lending investments. Okay, in my humble opinion, bonds aren't very good investments. I, I define an investment as something that hopefully could beat taxes and inflation. Okay, there have been some periods of time in our history when bonds did that and fairly well. But not a lot of those times, and not for very long, okay, o over the very long run, owning a portfolio of 100% bonds has been a relatively poor way to try to outpoint inflation. And if you have, it's usually not by much, okay? okay from my point of view, okay, bonds are investments that you put in your portfolio along with some stocks to cut down the excitement of owning stocks, okay, just for some diversification points. But anyway, if you want to beat inflation, you do that with your investment money, and your investment money should have a good, healthy dose of common stocks in there all over the world in different sizes. That's a whole other show, okay? And if you're loaded up on bonds and think you're going to get wealthy over the rest of your life. I, I have a news flash for you. The odds of that harp happening aren't particularly high. Okay, and now that gets us to cash. Okay, e everybody needs uh, a checking account. That's your operating account. 
Everybody should have what I call an emergency reserves account. It's a savings or a money market fund that's like a rainy day account. Okay, and, and these accounts are at the bank, folks, because they're guaranteed and uh, they don't have any risks to speak of other than inflation and taxes, but they don't have any investment risk. Okay, and so those kinds of investments, and by the way, you may have an account that you're saving for some remodeling or doing this or that or the other thing. But any very short-term money that you need either for your checking or a backup for your emergency reserves, okay, or for a specific project, that should be in what I call cash. And again, that could be savings, that could be money markets, that could be certificates of deposit, that could be short-term treasury bills. All, All those qualify. They're perfectly liquid. They're pretty darn safe, okay, from... Okay, risk in terms of loss, okay? And that, just everybody has to have those, okay? But cash historically has not kept up with inflation and taxes. Money that's in your cash department, okay, get used to the fact that you don't call it an investment because it will not, has not, cannot, outpoint inflation taxes over time, okay? It's money that shrinks in value over time, even if you're reinvesting it and considering the taxes, but you need to have it liquid for those purposes. So please, oh please, draw a distinction between those two, okay? Don't think that if you got a whole bunch of money in CDs and bank accounts that you're going to outpoint inflation and live happily ever after for the rest of your life. That's probably not going to happen given some history, okay? When you hear the word cash from me, it's short-term stuff for certain purposes, but please understand that you ain't gonna get very wealthy doing that unless you save three or $4,000 a month all your life, and then it doesn't much matter because you got a whole bunch of money in there and it, it do- doesn't matter too much. So please make those distinctions. Hey, hey, Mike, I have some money I want to invest. What should I do with it? What do you need your money to do Okay, is it investment money or is it cash money or how does that work? Okay, so p- please make those distinctions. Are, are you investing or, or are you parking it for a specific purpose in short term? Okay, so investments versus cash, keep those distinctions and moving on here. I think I just might have a caller here, so let's check this out. Tim, we have a caller here? All right. Let me just hum for a second. All right. Let's go to Harrison in Duxbury. Good morning, Harrison. How are you today? Good morning. I am well, thank you. All right. What can I do Um, for you? How can I help you? Let me give you a brief synopsis of my history, if you will. I retired in 2011. I'm currently 79 years old and in relatively good health, although I'm a type 1 diabetic and I've outlived my purported life. You're still breathing and you know who you are. Harrison, everything's yeah, good. Yeah, you know, someday. Someday it's not. Okay. It's not. It's so easy. No, I'm just kidding, of course. But anyway, I, my financial advisor at the time and I discussed what I wanted to do. I have a, I have a defined benefit pension from an employer and uh, I'm married uh, with a wife uh, uh, who is a former teacher, and 
we chose, so by the way you have you have two pensions then you have your pension and her pension correct yeah although she taught in private school and oh. her pension is not large okay got it it's in the range of the high teens uh, okay. per month but it's something basically so that's yeah, oh yeah. sure yeah exactly yeah anyway we chose a fixed index annuity yeah and I started off with all kinds of index, with various, and and we, uh, I'm now basically in the S&P. Yeah. Um, as my index, it's capped at 5.75% per year. Yeah. But uh, over the years, it's done quite well. Yeah. And we, I've been living on, say, between 70 and 80 grand a year. Yeah. And it, I started off with in 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 the index when we bought the annuity. I think it was around three, I don't know, three forty or three fifty. Yeah. And over the years, I've drawn between twenty and and thirty out every year. Yeah. As supplemental income. Yeah. And it's now down to three hundred. Okay. Which I think over what. 12 years is pretty good. Yep. It's roughly 40 to 50,000 less. I've been drawing out. And of course, inflation, we're, we're all aware of what's going on there. And it seems every time I go to the grocery store, it's another 10 or 20 bucks higher yep. for, for the week. But anyway, my my advisor has retired and is living happily in Las Vegas. And yeah, I'm moving along. And of course, with my annuity, over the last four years, I haven't, over the last three years, I haven't made anything, so to speak. Yep. Whereas in the past, I was bringing in forty or 50000 a year. Yep. And... And, of course, that can change. I guess the good news is I haven't lost anything. <laughs> That's correct, so, yep. And the question is, do I just sit where I am? The reason I got into the annuity was I didn't want to be chasing a market. If sure. And I did that and with mixed success. And this way, I don't have to think about it. I've yep. got... Too many other things in my life to to think about. Anyway, that's where I am, and what do you think? Is it, uh, I'd like to think I'm going to make some money this year and win the annuity. Yeah. But who knows? It's, yeah, by the way, I think it's worked for you so far, would be the way I would say that from what you've given right. me here, okay? So uh, for folks listening, Harrison, by the way, you don't own the S&P 500, okay? That's the benchmark against which they yeah, give you some money. Exactly. All right. But for folks listening, so in any given year, the insurance company that sponsors this product will either send Harrison nothing or anywhere, anything up to 5.75% of the value of his investments. So you're in investment return range is a guaranteed anywhere from zero to 5.75 percent correct correct yeah okay correct. okay and if you retired let's see 12 years ago you had a good run for the first 10 with the u.s stock market and the last couple right. a little bit questionable okay okay yeah uh, like i said i haven't made anything but i haven't lost anything on friends yeah <laughs> and, and, and by the way the and the important thing is you haven't been taken 
more than it's earning. Okay, if you started with three hundred and forty or fifty thousand dollars, and over the last twelve years, taken anywhere between twenty and thirty a year. If I use twenty five as an average, right? Twelve right. times twenty five. You've taken out three hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to believe, but you're yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. When it adds up over time, sure. Okay. And so, by the way, if I did this, and this is just a, it's working for you so far. Is is absolutely correct. Look at it this way. Right. If on average you take twenty five from something that was three. Fifty was it three forty or three fifty? Which one do you want me to use? Say it, it was three forty-five or somewhere. All right, I can do that. Okay. Yeah. So, by the way, so on average, you've taken seven and a half percent, no, seven percent out of that per year for the last twelve years. By yeah. the way, and your three forty shrunk to what? To what? Three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. Well, see that. So now that makes sense. Because they won't give you any more than five and three quarters, and you've been taking seven, so it shrunk some. Okay, yeah, but yeah. but I'm going to guess that in most of those years, your distributions were probably four to five percent, if not a little bit more. Is that a good guess? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so then the tricky. So it has absolutely served you fine, given your circumstances. But you start, you're probably thinking after the last couple of years, what about the rest of my life? And by the way, that, yeah. that's an yeah. unknown, obviously. Okay. Of course. Okay. There's a, there's a decent chance that the stock market continues to make money, maybe not as much as it has in the past, okay, in terms of returns for the next few years. But the way I would look at this is that if even if you ended up with an average of 3% for the next five, you know, how long are you going to live, by the way? Let's Give me the number there so I can do some math here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to use? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's say 15 more years. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to no, live... That's, that's a stretch. But yeah, yeah, sure. understand. If you're going to live 15 uh, more years and you cut the distribution in half, okay, if you sat down and did some math, my guess is you'd probably still be okay, but it'd be a lot smaller than 340 or 300 these days. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think... I, I think my kids have all done well yeah, and... Yeah. I don't care. To, to you, you, got, yeah, you got some things going for you, by the way, even if you cut the distribution in half. By the way, yeah. you're probably going to slow down and not spend as much of that that's, going for it anyway. My wife has Parkinson's now. Yeah. And, oh, sorry about that. Know, uh, we, we had a house, and she's from Finland, and we had a house there that we've now deeded to our son. And yeah. so we are not going to spend the money we have been spending. Yeah, so yeah. You know, I, I guess my <clears> comment is, I think... I think you did good and you timed it well. Okay, would be, well, I would say that because it yeah. has certainly worked. On average, you've been taking maybe five or six, and on average, okay, I'm sorry, you've been taking seven on average, maybe, and you've yeah. been earning maybe five, five and a half. And this, so yeah. this looks about right. My guess is, if you live 15 years and you average three for the next 15, you could probably still make it given the circumstances. And if it yeah. bought you, yeah. if you bought you peace of mind and sleep. Okay, congratulations. Yeah. It worked. I mean, that's, okay. That's been yeah. That's yeah. the reason I did it, yeah. and I'm happy that I did it. I had many friends at the time telling me, oh, you're losing all kinds of money. And By the way, uh, that you, you didn't make all kinds of money. By the way, if I were to do some numbers, and I'm pretty comfortable with this, the stock market's probably averaged to 10 or 11 for the last 13 years. Okay, yeah. a thing. And so you didn't lose money, but you didn't make it. But see, you made the trade-off, right. Harrison. The trade-off was, right. I don't want yeah. zero, okay, and you've won. 
won that bet to today. And I've won peace of mind. Yeah, and that's mighty important. So it has worked just yeah. fine, and I would find it hard to believe that it would blow up going forward. Who knows about the future, okay? Right. Uh, but yeah, you're taking more than you're making, and that might accelerate with lower market returns, but it also might decelerate with you taking out less as your life slows down. So I, right. you know, it, it sounds yeah. like you ain't in a bad place from what you're telling me here so far. Okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> you, you did good. Okay. All right. <laughs> listen, thank you for the call. This has been great, and I hope some people have picked up the mods and ends here. But listen, you have a Merry Christmas and all that good stuff, and uh, thanks Likewise. for the call. Take care. All right. Yep, Bye-bye. Alrighty, son of a gun, folks. That was a great call. Uh, it, it just perfectly timed. Anyway, so let's see. Tim, I haven't got too much more time here, right? Son of a gun. All right. Holy cow. All right. This is my last show of 2023, so folks, I'll catch back up with you in January, and I think I'll probably continue my theme here of things you should know because I think it's important stuff. So folks, have a great week. Have a great holiday season. Take care. You can find McNamara on Money on all the major podcasting platforms. New episodes drop every Monday. Tune in weekly for everything you need to know about making smart financial decisions. Subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode. Ho, ho, ho.